I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health, fitness, and well-being space to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. The show is brought to you by my company, Body Shop Performance. We create total solutions to optimize your health by focusing on sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. We work with busy professionals on a one-to-one basis for six or 12 months using the latest science and technology. And Body Shop also work with businesses who want to create a culture of energy, vitality and performance and position well-being as a competitive advantage. Find out more at bodyshopperformance.com and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Spencer, and we've invited Bob Troyer back. We got amazing feedback from the episode we put out a few weeks ago. So if you haven't heard of Bob Troyer or Quantified Bob before, just jump back a few weeks and listen to the first episode we did with him. And we managed to get a little bit of extra time. So we've got a two-parter coming up. We're going to give you 30 minutes today, more around training and stressors. So how to handle things like jet lag, travel, EMF exposure, what is the minimal effective dose for exercise and for training and what hacks can you do to, to really make the most of a limited amount of time as a busy professional and get the most out of your training. In part two, which will be next week, we'll cover off more of the recovery stuff. But this episode is all around training, how to overcome stressors, everything we talk about I've linked to in the show notes. So don't worry about taking notes unless you want to. You can just access stuff in the show notes a bit later on. This is my first of a two-parter with Bob. Enjoy. Okay, Bob, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me back. I know. So we got really good feedback on the first recording we put out a few weeks ago. And when you and I were talking, as we've just been saying before we went on air, you know, we barely scratched the surface of, of what we wanted to talk about, really. And I've listened back to our podcast, and there's quite a bit in there. But there's so much more we could be talking about. And the main thing, I think, is really around recovery. You know, for most people listening, most people you engage with are busy professionals. The convergent pressures of work and home have really squeezed out the time they've got to spend on their health, their fitness, their well-being, and ultimately how they're recovering. So let's talk a little bit about all of that. But firstly, perhaps, you know, what, what does recovery mean to you? So there's a few definitions, I guess, for me. There's recovery as it applies to bringing my body back in from a, a state where things have been depleted or I've given myself microtraumas or, or some other stressor mm. to my body. Cause it could also not be from training. It could actually be recovery from travel or recovery from other things to get my body kind of back to where, where it should be. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, so I look at it from, from those standpoints of like, is it, you know, my sore from exercise versus my jet lag versus did I suffer an injury from like even like a mild injury um, mm. or some trauma and figuring out what, tools and techniques and, you know, things that I have at my disposal that can get me back to where I need to be as efficiently as possible. Yeah. What do you define as a micro trauma? I would say mostly it comes from strength training, mm, you know, okay. where, especially where I do some exercises where there's a lot of slow eccentric training and you're getting lots of little, think of very, very tiny tears in your muscle fibers. Mm. And so if you think about getting sore or delayed on set muscle soreness and things like that, and that's really just do Tell your your body going, oh yeah, I've got these little micro these injuries, these micro traumas that have to heal, mm-hmm. and that's why you get sore. Yeah, basically, it's 
kind of an inflammation in a way. So I think of microtraumas like that versus like a, you know, I was, I was playing soccer here with football, called football uh, a few weeks back. And I took a shot. I came down on someone's foot or I don't know if they slid somehow. I wasn't expected. I sprained my ankle and I hadn't sprained my ankle in about a year and a half. Mm. And so that's an, that's more of an injury. That was like, you know, massive swelling, massive, you know, and I, we can talk more about how I was able to sort of hack that and just basically under three days where it would have knocked me out for probably a good week and a half, you know, from a sprain your ankle. Mm. So, you know, whereas other times if it's travel and jet lag, let's say, or just the stress of what I view as the stress of airline travel and getting your body basically kind of giving yourself body ways to prevent kind of offset what will happen if you didn't prepare yourself for the flights and things like that. And mm. especially for people who are busy and they travel a lot for business, uh, you might realize like, yeah, if I travel more than three time zones, you know, it takes me three days to not just adjust to the circadian kind of, you know, the time zone difference, but you just feel like oh, I'm out, I'm a little out of it. Mm. And I, you know, and obviously athletes have been hacking this for, for years, right? Cause they're, they're traveling professional athletes are traveling all the time and they have to be, get, get somewhere and be beyond. They don't have time to, to really get, <laughs> give themselves three or four days to get back into it. Mm. Okay. I mean, we're going to talk about, I've, I've just thought I could probably redefine something better. We were going to talk about training versus recovery, but actually let's flip it and let's talk about some of the typical stressors that you and, and a lot of people listening will face. You've mentioned some of them, jet lag, travel, lack of sleep. What are some, you know, talk a little bit about those, maybe from your own perspective and touch on training as well, your own physical training routine. And what are some of the, the sort of hacks and tips and tricks you can share with people around how to optimize that, how to make it most efficient in terms of result and the time it takes to get that result? Sure. So when we talk about the stress of, of things like travel, that's really more of a, we talk about like oxidative stress. We talk about the effects of things like air quality. The air that's on, your, on an airplane is just horrendous. We're getting bombarded. We're exposed to a lot more radiation when we're at those altitudes. So where our bodies are just getting hit through the, so the, it's more environmental stressors. Mm. We have those day to day, especially like I live in, in an urban environment. I'm in a big city. So the level of sort of ambient environmental stressors are a lot higher on me than let's say someone that lives out in the, in the countryside with, you know, beautiful fresh air and mm. no, no, <laughs> no, no EMF, stuff like that. So, so what I would do if I was traveling, I use a, just from an antioxidant standpoint, I mean, you can take things like vitamin C, et cetera, that can help kind of knock down the, what's happening from the stressors that are being applied to us. But I've become a fan of molecular hydrogen over the past few years, which is basically a, just a really powerful antioxidant that, so if you think of hydrogen gas, H2 is the smallest sort of molecule, and it shows to have really great effects systemically in the body. And you can take it two different ways. You can buy them in little bottles that have little tablets. And the tablets, basically the gas is bound in magnesium. You drop them in, wa in water and they'll dissolve in within 60 seconds. And the, the gas stays trapped in the, in the water and you chug the water, it gets in your body. The hydrogen gas gets delivered systemically through the body and that can help keep things down. So if I'm traveling on, on a plane every two hours or so, I'll just throw a few tablets and some, some spring water and, and drink it just on the way. So it's giving me, I'm sort of like preparing myself, you know, so I don't have to wait till I get to where I'm going to start dealing with the effects of the stress travel. You can also breathe. Right. Molecular hydrogen can also be inhaled. There are machines that basically uh, hydrogen, hydrogen is a very uh, volatile gas, you know, if you think of like explosiveness, but like this is such low levels um, in, in air that you can breathe it in. It's more, um, so whereas the consumption of molecular hydrogen 
is more of a kind of a systemic delivery. If you breathe it in, it's going to target more uh, mind and lungs. Mm -hmm. So some people like to do it both ways, but for traveling, I just like having the tablets in my, in my bag and I can travel with them that way. I also used to, um, I was largely against, you know, taking antioxidants around strength training, working out because I kind of wanted that, that stress you get. But there's some research that came out with, with the molecular hydrogen saying that it's a selective antioxidant, meaning it, it, it'll keep things down, but it won't buffer the, or knock down the effects of training. It's a selective antioxidant. So interesting, which I, I learned, I was speaking to some, some folks at a conference who happened to make a molecular hydrogen product and they were showing me links to some studies. And I was like, oh, you know, I, I do think probably some more research has to be done in the area, but I was like, okay, well, if it's a selective antioxidant, then I won't worry about as much about, you know, taking this after a workout. They are, they are actually recommending it. What you're saying there is when we work out, we cause a degree of inflammation, microtrauma in the muscles, as you say. If we take antioxidants close to that exercise session, we might blunt the hormetic response of exercise. In other words, we might dampen down the beneficial effect of that exercise session by consuming these antioxidants. But this molecular hydrogen is selective. In other words, it won't do that. Those are the claims that they're, they're making. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, there's been a few studies, but it wasn't like directly applicable. It was like, it was around training. And I felt like maybe the study was getting more into cardiovascular training, strength training. And, but there was some strength in there, but it was the point of the papers were the show though, that, you know, it, it can be taken around exercise. Hmm. Now, granted, I mean, I tell people in general with anything with antioxidants, it also depends on, you know, if you're just beginning a beginner, just sort of get exercising, trying to get into shape and working out, probably not really going to make much of a, much of a difference. I think it's, you know, the more intense you train, the more, you know, that, that sort of level of performance, I think where, you know, if you're trying to get, eke out that extra 1%, mm. you want to do it. But if you're just someone, I'm not going to say to somebody, you know, hey, don't take that, you know, if they're just trying to get back into shape, I will, um, you know, just be like, I'd rather have them do everything <laughs> than yeah. not nothing. Yeah. So that's the, um, you know, the, with the molecular hydrogen side of things, you know, they're, they're, you know, that's on, like on the supplement side of things that I would take. But when I'm traveling, you know, there's just other rules in, in travel. I mean, I, I don't consume alcohol on a flight. I'm not going to dehydrate my body. I want to stay, you know, so we're, we're doing things around protecting ourselves from the environment where blue light blocking glasses, depending on the time I'm traveling, I want to make sure my circadian rhythm, because I'm usually trying to time it to my location from a few days in advance. So I'm getting mm. myself, and I use a device called Human Charger, Yep, which is a small, looks like a pair of earbuds like this exactly with a little battery that when you turn it on, it shines really bright white light into your ear canal. So it gets to the brainstem and basically can, it's like getting, being out in the sun really bright. And so what's cool is they have an app that if you put in your travel, like dates and times, it knows it'll, it'll get an alert on your phone saying, do a session now for 12 minutes. And mm. a tiny little thing that fits in your pocket. So I just travel around with it. And I'll be, sometimes it'll be while you're actually on the flight on the way there, it, you'll get uh, an alert saying, you know, do a session now. And for me, it's, it helps really get my, that circadian rhythm, you know, really in check. You know, I only use it if I'm traveling, I'd say more than three time zones away. Mm. Anything like this is a two hour time difference for me. It's not as much of an issue, but I still, yep. I still do molecular hydrogen on the flights. So, you know, so for me, it's about being, you know, with air travel, it's just about trying to mitigate whatever's, whatever's it was throwing at me. Yeah. The molecular hydrogen, the tablet form, is it, is it something you get on Amazon or where do you source that? Where's the particular brand you use if you want to share that? 
Sure. Molecular hydrogen has been popular, I think, in Japan for many years. And now there's a few companies in the US and Europe that there's distribution. So there's a few brands. One is called Vital Reaction. And I believe you can buy them direct or even on Amazon. And then there's another company called Trusi, uh, T-R-U-S-I-I. And they make basically like tablets that, you know, I just put a bunch of them in my little pill container and I can throw them in water whenever I need them. Yeah. Both of those companies also offer the machines, but I mean, they're probably going to be prohibitively expensive for most people. I mean, these machines cost thousands of dollars. And to be honest, I think you get higher concentrations of hydrogen by putting the tablets in water. And so, you know, you're talking about for like a dollar, you know, you're basically a dollar a day. I think you buy a... Okay. So they're not expensive. No, no, no. They're... Yeah. And I think, you know, the you can get good deals on them. But I do think it doesn't taste that great. That's the only thing I would say because it's, it's basically like the magnesium unbinds from the hydrogen. And actually that's what keeps the bubbles in the water is mm. the, it lays on top of the water. So you have this little bit of, of magnesium on top, like a little film. So when you drink it, it's not like a pleasant taste, but I'm used to it. Mm. I know some people take a sip and they're just like, ah. yeah. because you have, to, you have to drink it in one shot. Oh, I thought they were tablets. Well, they're tablets that you drop in the water because you need to unlock. Un- right, got you. And then, yeah. Yes, definitely do not consume, do not eat a molecular hydrogen tablet because what will happen is you'll be very uncomfortable because then all that gas will just expand rapidly in your stomach. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it may not be pleasant. Yeah. But the thing about molecular hydrogen is there's no way to like take too much of it in terms of like the worst that would happen is you would basically belch <laughs> like if there's, yeah. if there's too much in your, in your stomach. So yeah. Okay. So true and vital function with the two brands you mentioned. Vital reaction. Yeah. Reaction. Thank you. Okay, cool. We'll link to that in the show notes. Okay. Before we move on, I wanted to ask you just about vitamin C. What's the thinking there? Just as an antioxidant? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you've got a whole family of supplements. I don't take vitamin C every day myself. I mean, so I'm, I'm not using that around training or anything like that. I was just making a comparison about, you know, like my go-to antioxidant used to just be glutathione. When I travel, I'd have basically like a, it was like in a vial, like, in a, like a vial, you, you take some of it on like a tablespoon's worth and you take it. And that was pretty good, but it's very expensive. Mm. So the, I found the molecular hydrogen, it's a much smaller molecule. Seems like much more efficient, more cost effective uh, mm. than taking glutathione. Let's say. And you and you would take the molecular hydrogen for any flight that's across, as you say, three time zones or more. Yeah, exactly. Wherever I just know I'm going to be at high altitude, being exposed mm. for air, you know, up higher radiation, things like that. I just use it as a just a nice way to kind of keep that in check. Yeah. Okay. Some people claim that for more uh, qualitative kind of results. Like I know people who will take it and say it helps them with minimizing soreness from training. They just take it in general. Mm. I haven't necessarily experienced that. Some people say they like, they take it if they're hungover. They drone out and had too many drinks the night before, which I could see where that could help actually, because you're knocking down a lot of that from the alcohol, the oxidative stress that's been on the body. Mm. So it might be mm-hmm. a little helper. But yes, it's become a lot more popular let's say the last year. Because I think more people are aware of it, more companies are producing this type of product. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to look into that myself. It's a bit of a tangent, but what do you think about amino acids for training? Do you use them? Have you got an experience of them? Yeah. So, I mean, I've always taken some form of, you know, branch chain amino acids, whether it's more of a, you know, they come in different ratios often if you buy them as like a kind of a all-in-one supplement form. I've since now uh, moved to EAs, which, so the 
amino acids, branch chains are all part of essential amino acids, which are all things our body needs. So I'm like, why don't I give myself all of the ones I need, not just the ones, you know, specific mm. branch chain ones. And so I tend to take them more on strength training days, just because I'm, I don't know what the real answer is in terms of when you're trying to balance longevity and performance and all of that. And you're talking mm. about things like mTOR, which in longevity circles, is something that you mTOR is inversely correlated with like longevity, like so when we do strength training and we eat lots of protein and all that, we upregulate mTOR. And it's, that's because our body likes how we get built. But you know, if you keep mTOR suppressed, it's correlated more with like a longevity side of things. So I I try to sort of give myself days of higher protein amino acid intake versus days of where I, I'd cycle down, you know, mm. just, so I'm not eating like 200 grams of protein every day and taking you know, 20 grams of amino acids every day, I'll take it when I need it. So around workouts, I like, I always, my little kind of workout, post-workout or whatever, pre-post drink is I take some essential amino acids. I take some creatine. I take some, sometimes I'll throw in, uh, let's see, what else can I throw it in there? Well, it depends if I'm taking it with the workout. Um, there's, there's things that will help with like, like nitric oxide boosters and things like that, like beetroot powder and all that. But I'd say my normal drink it would be essential amino acids and creatine you know in terms of like collagen protein sometimes i take sometimes i don't it just depends what I'm, i've eaten that day and if i need that extra bit but i keep it pretty simple something i've done over the years was just try to get my supplementation down you know from taking a million things to just few and i, I do think the importance of, of especially for me like i tend to go more more catabolic with a lot of training. So my body, my muscles will just sort of break down. Like it's just the way I've always been a hard gainer kind of thing. So if I'm trying to gain more strength and I have to take things like some extra amino acids. So I've been taking them for the last six weeks or so, and I'm taking about five grams prior, half an hour prior to a strength workout and five grams afterwards. Does that sound about right to you? Yeah. You know, in terms of the total amount, I take probably 10 grams of essential EAA. So there's probably a little bit less of each of the BCAAs, but I'm getting mm. a broad spe spectrum. But I know some people like to take pre-post. I do that more with, like, there's always this debate over like creatine, like when's the best time to take it? So, yeah. You know, and, and so I honestly, like, you can ask five people, I'll give you five different answers. But in terms of taking five grams, you know, pre-post workout, I mean, it seems good. I, it's just a matter of the amino acids you take prior to the workout how bioavailable they'll be like what how how much before mm. the workout are you taking them to make them actually half system? an hour before okay. yeah so yeah so i mean i mean honestly I, I don't know if like if you took just 10 after is that you know is it going to give you the same benefit but i do think you know taking taking about that much seems to be what, what a lot of people do yeah i mean it's such a personal thing isn't it i just wonder what you know what your view was it's hard to know no one can categorically say this many before and after unless of course they're working with you in a quite a you know on a one-to-one -one basis but well i mean i know and i know one of the things like people will do is if they've had like surgery or an injury like leucine is very tied to, to muscle growth is one of the amino acids, one of the mm. acids so people they'll take a big doses of leucine around like if they've had like surgery or they've got some kind of really bad injury that's all the amino acids it's more it helps really with the tissue repair and, and regeneration and all of that so mm. Like I saw, yeah, that's the only one I've seen taking more in isolation. Most people, like when you get branching amino acids, they come in some ratio. Like you'll see, like it's either like, like it'll be four, four, two, or four, four, four. You know, mm. they they give you like a on the label, you'll see a ratio, and mm. some people have different preferences for them. 
Yeah. Okay. What about training? I mean, what what else do you do to sort of optimize your training? Do you try and get as much gain as you can in a minimal amount of time, or how do you work it? Well, I think like other you know busy professionals, it, it, you know, we're trying to. I'm not trying to compete in the Olympics or anything like that, but I'm trying to maintain or even continue to, to gain some strength and and, and fitness and, and all of that. And so, what I like to do is you know, find that, that sort of minimum effective dose for, for training, both strength training, cardiovascular training, et cetera. So my, my typical week routines would be, there's probably two days a week where I train on a couple pieces of equipment called, I think we mentioned this last time, it's called ARX, which stands yep. for adaptive resistance exercise. It's, it's highly built upon the concepts of uh, body by science and these like super slow movements, but it's all computer data driven. So you're basically within 25 minutes you're doing a full body workout and where you're holding like one, one exercise maybe lasts for two minutes. And, mm. and at the end of it, you're completely just, you know, exhausted. You need, most people probably need four days to recover before training that doing that kind of training again. Mm. And so I, what I do is I'll do two workouts a week. But they're not identical. They'll be like one workout will be maybe just hitting the same body parts in different ways and different workouts. So I'll do that. Sometimes I'll supplement in like, more functional, like body weight stuff. Like sometimes I just want to do, you know, pull-ups or push-ups. Sometimes I like to just grab a barbell or dumbbell and just do, do some reps or something, but it's not like a full-blown workout. It's just, mm. I'm feeling good that day, you know, so that, so that's on the strength side on the, on the cardiovascular sort of training side. There's a device now it's called Carol, which looks like a spin bike. looks like a Peloton bike. It stands for a uh, computer optimized resistance, something along those lines, or cardiovascular optimized resistance. And what it's doing is based on it, monitoring your, your heart rate over doing two 20 second sprints in 10 minutes. That's all the workout is. It's actually not even 10 minutes. You warm up, you do a 20 second sprint all out as hard as you can. And it's dynamically adjusting the resistance based on how much effort you're putting out. Over time, it's learning more about you and it can adjust. It's because you're holding the handlebars, it's monitoring your heart rate and trying to get you into a certain sweet spot zone. There's research they had done that showed just doing two of these workouts a week correlates with these improvements in things like VO2 max. And so mm. over time, they'll give you like a score. Like you can see your power output and all of that and everything's data driven, but you're also given a metric that's like a proxy to like a VO2 max. So it would be like, what? you know, and so you have, so the idea would be if, if, if they, I think they call it an octane score. And if your octane score goes up 10%, it's like saying your VO2 max went up 10%. Mm. It's a nice, like if, you know, you're done, you don't even sweat because it's like such a quick workout. But the signaling and things that happen in the body last well beyond the 10 minutes, so like into like the next day. So even just doing that twice a week or three times a week, I use it as a supplement. I mean, I play soccer, football a few times a week. So in the summer, I'm probably not doing that as much because I'm running, I'm doing a lot more other training. But mm. I use it a lot in the over the winter just because I knew I wasn't going to be outside as much running. And so it helped me kind of go into spring and summer already. My fitness level was pretty good already. Um, and again, it's super efficient. And it's one of those things that you don't have to be on a treadmill for an hour a day, six days a week. <laughs> you just go in there and you, you, you knock that out. I mean, you know, I've seen people do things like Tabata type training, other high intensity, which I think, you know, that, that kind of technique works as well. For me, though, it's I like looking at the data too, because I can see how my power output's increasing or I'm able to sustain more effort over a longer period of time. And again, these are, you know, very quick workouts. So whereas like the ARX machine is like, you have to go to a, you have to find like in the US, I happen to have access to the ones, the only ones in New York City, you know, in some other cities, but it's not something you can have in your home. They're just big machines. The, the Carol bikes. Yeah. A lot of people have them in the home. 
they're also in facilities. Like if you want to go try them out, but you know, I think that's something that becomes a little more accessible to people. But if you don't have access to the ARX and you're not as worried about the data side of things, there's a cool product called the X3 bar. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. heard of that. Yeah, I have. Yeah. So it's basically a bar that uses different types of heavy bands and you stand on a platform. So you can essentially do a lot of these same types of exercises, you know, everything from deadlifts and squats to chest press and curls. And what people really like about that product is it's obviously much the price point is, is fairly reasonable, but you can often fit it in your luggage if you're traveling. Mm. Yeah. So it's a nice portable, it's like a gym that just fits in your, in your bag. Yeah. And you can do some pretty heavy, you know, heavier types of workouts. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that's pretty tough and I have looked into getting one. I'm not sure they shipped to the UK yet. I know people in in Europe that have them. So yeah. yeah. I did a quick look and I couldn't see any distributors in it, but I might be wrong, but I'll link to that in the show notes as well. I mean, that's something I'm really interested in because it's portability and I hear it delivers a tough workout. Yeah. A really tough workout. Yeah. The only thing I've heard with traveling is you may not be able to put it in your carry-on because the bar is considered a weapon. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so you would probably just have to check that bag, but yeah. it is nice that everything can basically fit into yeah. Yeah. certain suitcases. Cool. We talked about some really interesting stuff and I completely share your philosophy around the minimal effective dose you know, training doesn't need to take a long time. I think that's a common misconception people make that, you know, if they haven't got an hour, they can't do a decent workout. You can do a really good workout in 10 minutes as you've you just testified. Interested in finding out what your health IQ is? Jump on our website, www.bodyshotsperformance.com and click on take the test. It'll take you through to a short two to three minute test. And at the end of that, you'll get a scorecard and a free 39 page report based on our six signals, sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please think of someone who could really benefit from the content and hit that share button and send it across to them. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you very much for listening.